Hi everyone and welcome uh, welcome to the second part of the Chasing Bars podcast. This week's episode, I'm joined again by Ryan. How are you doing? I'm alright mate, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. I mean, I really wasn't in the mood really to talk about the Annex in all honesty, so I'm glad I kind of got out of that. Joy's a family of yours, mate. How was it? How was your meal? Oh, it was fantastic, mate. I had a lovely, juicy steak. It was fantastic. Nice. Um, yeah, so how was, uh, how, how was the Amex preview then? The bore you to tears? <laughs> uh, same to Jamie. I've, I've never been a big fan of the old uh, pro-ams. I don't like seeing Bill Murray do pop, pop, popping jokes every five minutes on my screen when I'm trying to watch golf. So how much of it I watch or is some, probably minimal. Or some random uh, American celebrity um, that plays off, I don't know, handicap at 20 or something, trying to yeah. go around the pitch. Yeah, that we've never heard of over here, so yeah. So we'll the see how they go. The Bob Hope Lottery is what mm. uh, is what it should be known as. Um, going off the previous winners. Yeah, definitely. Just going off what Jamie was saying with the odds of the previous six winners. So yeah, pin the tail kind of week, isn't it? Oh well, we're in. Uh, we're on two of the same picks together, so that's that, that's only a recipe for disaster. So. Aye, we'll be fine then. A couple of for it. <laughs> Michael Thompson's a winner this week. Yep. <laughs> uh, right, anyway, so, um, well, we're obviously, we are starting our season uh, for the DP World Tour. Uh, Rolex Series event, as it always is in Abu Dhabi, uh, albeit a different course this year, which I'll go into in a minute, but um, you're looking forward to it? Yeah, mate. I'm looking forward to some golf at seven o'clock in the morning on the TV that I can actually watch and stay up for. <laughs> yeah, fe- feature coverage is on at half three in the morning. If that's any use to you, well, it could be. We've had the kids out at the minute, getting me up early. <laughs> I'll give them Peppa Pig to watch, and I'll watch the golf. Why not? I mean. I mean, the compromises you have to do for kids these days. Eh? Oh, but um, no, it's good to it's good <clears> to have the European um, European Tour back after a six week break after the DP World Tour finals. Obviously, the last winner was Morikawa, and uh, Morikawa's in the field this week as well. So um, I wonder how much call Morikawa's going to be playing in the DP World Tour this year. Mm. Probably two events that are official European Tour events and not majors or WGCs. <laughs> and it with this one and the last one. And the Scot and the Scottish Open and again. The Scottish, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, generally it's good to have the the DP World Tour back. Uh, I've, I've as I was saying before, um, I just get a little bit more excited when it comes to the DP World Tour stuff. Uh, European slash European Tour stuff uh, compared to the PGA Tour. Like PGA Tour setups are just ridiculously easy in comparison to some of the 
to some or not if most of the European tour setups. That's kind of what I enjoy about the European tour is uh, the different kind of layouts and stuff. So mm. just yeah. good to good to have it back. And yeah, uh, sure. good, good good to see some of good to see some of the some of the some of the players have done well in the past uh, for you and the ones that have uh, been on your shit list in Europe come back for the mm-hmm. year. So absolutely, see how well they've done over the uh, Christmas break. Yeah, and obviously that with the Christmas break and stuff. So we've got uh, we've got a three three week schedule in Dubai that starts with the Abu Dhabi this week um, uh, at the new at the new course Yas Links. Then the next week we're at, back at the Dubai Desert Classic um, at the at the Emirates Golf Club, and then we are at. A new, well, a new event to the, the European Tour schedule, which is an old Challenge Tour event, Raz Al Kamai Championship, um, which is uh, which is in Raz Al Kamai, which is obviously in UAE as well. Um, so yeah, we've got a three-week swing. Um, we'll just. Uh, just have to see how it goes, but hopefully it won't be too high scoring when we'll actually see someone for a change, unlike these past two weeks in Hawaii. Let's hope so, mate. We need some. We need to see him struggle for a bit, don't we? I mean, even fifteen under would be all right, but just anything but like twenty, 20 odd. Yeah, just don't range twenty, please. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a, it was a twenty. Yeah, twenty three under where uh, Matsuyama won. So that that's a combined that's a combined thirty four under and twenty three under the past two weeks in Hawaii. So to get away for that would be lovely for a change. Definitely. I mean scoring at the old place for this week's tournament was just under twenty. So we might be lucky, mate. So, um, but before I go to the the course and stuff and tournament overview and stuff, uh, any any real success last year on the European Tour? Uh, last year's European Tour was, I think I had five winners overall. Just let me uh, double check. Slowing it up. When my computer actually works, I'll tell you. <laughs> Did you have any success last year? And I'll tell you when it should be loaded up by then. Um, well, as I, as I said last year, uh, well, uh, the end of the, end of the year, kind of, it was a kind of frustrating year overall in general. I did have I did have JB Hansen winning the second last tournament in Dubai at 51, which was a nice winner. Um, he's fantastic that week, JB. Uh, but also, this, one of the highlights for the start of the season was at the Dubai Desert Classic, where a certain Cali Samoya placed at 200 to 1, nice. which was a beautiful feeling at the time. Um, yeah, uh, it, was, it wasn't as successful as what it could have been, but um, 
new season, new start, new approach, new players, mm. hopefully, and we'll we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. So I had three winners last year and 18 places. We had John Catlin at 80s, Daniel Gavin's in play at 40, and Erasmus Hedegaard at 45 to 1. We had a, what was it, 125.6 point profit on the DP world last year, so 40% return of investment, so not too shabby on this saw last year, so hopefully we'll continue that. Which isn't bad for free winners, I think. <laughs> Actually, I actually think uh, I actually kind of lost track towards the end of the year, but from ones I've got down that I can remember for the top of my head were mainly towards the start of the season were uh, the 200 to 1 uh, place for Samoya Dubai Desert Classic. Uh, Connor Syme, when he absolutely fucked up at the Gran Canaria Lopezan Open, uh, that was hard to take, uh, 8 to 1. Maverick Ancliffe when he was second at the Canary Islands at eighty to one. Uh, Guido Migliozzi who was second at the Maiden Himmerland at forty five to one at the time. Mm. Um I had other places out with that too, but as I said I kinda of lost track. But anyway, yeah. uh, without further ado, we'll go into this week's event, uh, which is uh, Rolex, the first Rolex series event of the year. Um as always, we're starting in Abu Dhabi for the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship, where uh, Tyrrell Hatton's the defending champion. Um, he was fantastic last year in defeating Rory McIlroy. Uh, uh, sorry, it was Jason Scrivener that was second, actually. I, I completely forgot about that. Scrivener was second, um, four behind Hatton. Uh, McIlroy was third. Rafa Cabrera Bell was uh, fourth. Lipsky and Warren were rounded off the top five last year. Um, so, how are you expecting this this week to kind of play out? Um, well, it's a new course into this week, which you'll touch on in a minute. Um, but there's a forecast of 30 mile an hour winds on Friday for the whole day. So, I'm hoping for some high scoring, but preferably not for the guys I'm on. But I, f- I think it says it's link styled by the world-renowned links designer. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a good watch anyway. I think just to see how the guys go with a, a link style course in the Middle East conditions. It's pretty. To it, to be it, it it's actually pretty rare and something I didn't think I'd ever see to be honest like a mm. proper kind of link style course right in the middle of the desert yeah I was watching some videos on YouTube on the other day and just saying how it, the course looks like it should be in the middle of Scotland but it's like 30 degrees <laughs> <laughs> with with the 30 degree winds as well that should be mm. fantastic oh, definitely. Uh, right anyway so we're at um so we're at new course, which is the Yaz Links Championship course on Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. Uh, it was designed by Kyle Phillips, American designer, in 2010. Uh, it's par 72, measuring just over 7,400 yards. Um, we're playing on pa- uh, Paspalum grass. Uh, right next to the water as well. 
Um, other notable Kyle Phillips course designs, um, Kings Barnes, which is obviously in Fife, that plays one part of the Alfred Dunhill links. Uh, the Grove, which hosted the 2016 uh, British Masters. Bernardus Golf Club, that hosted last year's uh, Dutch Open. He's also had a, a hand in the redesign of Alderama. And <clears throat> uh, yeah, so that's that's all I've got in terms of the kind of course, uh, the other course designs. A few fa- a few f- few facts about the kind of course and the site. So it occupies over six thousand acres of land in the Arabian Gulf. Uh, it's situated in Yaz Island next to worldwide attractions such as Ferrari World. Uh, Ferrari World and Yas Marina Grand Prix circuit, so it's uh, it's it's spaced over quite quite a large bit of land. Um, it's really interesting going by the photos. Like obviously, ov- obviously it's spaced out across uh, like different attractions and stuff. Mm. It, it it does look it looks quite wacky, but it looks quite good at the same time. If you know what I mean. Yeah, say look at golfers have plenty to do, won't they, when they're uh, not playing? <laughs> exactly. If you miss a cut, you can just go to Ferrari World. Oh. What's his called? Kiradesh Happy Barmrap was at the racetrack yesterday watching someone, some Thai guy was racing. Oh, nice. Uh, so uh, the, the course features uh, it, it features a hell of a lot of water actually. Uh, it also has rolling hills and undulating greens and most of the well, most of the green locations are right next to the seashore, so it should be. Especially if the wind gets up, especially on that Sunday, it should be very fascinating. I think um, if they put it right right next to the water as well, it, sh- it should be in for a grandstand finish. Mm, definitely, especially with a par five to finish with as well, but it's got water in play. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Easily be won or lost on that hole. So just just go just go just go over the top just go over the top top ten and ties over the past three years in the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championships, albeit a different course. Uh, so obviously last year uh, Hatton was first, Grievner, McElroy, Cabrera Bell, Lipsky, Warren, Fabrizio Zanotti. Matt Wallace, Chris Paisley, and Tommy Fleetwood all all occupied the top ten. In twenty twenty, Lee Westwood was the winner. Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Perez, the runners up. Ustazen, Ross Fisher, Sean Norris, Sergio Garcia, Scott Jamison, Bernd Wiesberger, and Martin Keimer occupied the top ten. In twenty nineteen, Shane Lowry won, where Richard Sterney was second. Just Lauten was third, Ustazen was fourth, Soren Kielsen, Pablo Larathabal, Ian, Ian Porter, Paul Waring, Bruce Kepka, Tom Lewis occupied the top ten. So generally generally over the past few years you seem to see a kind of surprising player finishing in the top ten. Uh, that you wouldn't really normally expect in such a high event. No, no, definitely. It's um, 
say you were saying earlier that what did you have Samuja at 200 to one last year was it for this event uh no it was actually it was the dubai desert classic the next was one it? after yeah uh, but um yeah you still yeah. He's, there's always a high number up there that's not the night but i mean you had um did mark warren last year come fifth yeah mark, so, mark, mark warren lipsky yeah, would have been number. triple figures as well mm. i would say yeah you've still uh, found the right one Scott Jameson in 2020, like you, um, Paul Waring and Soren Kielsen, players like that, you know, it's uh, that that probably adds to the beauty of uh, of this also being a Rolex Series event. Um, you can get the surprise. Well, the surprise golfer that uh, you wouldn't really normally expect uh, to go well every week, but they can just shows you they can perform every so often and they can get the job done. Yeah, I mean, a good week this week can almost secure people's cards, can't they, with the amount of points on offer for the whole year and next year? Yeah, definitely a lot of money in, uh, well, especially with the DP World Tour takeover, I think it would mm. probably be bumped up the prize money a little bit and... Um, that uh, definitely gives people more incentive for claim privileges and stuff for um for the coming season and stuff. So yeah, it's a no, it's a good event. Uh, I've always enjoyed it. Um, obviously, usually the best of the best turn up, especially with the last three winners being Hatton, Westwood, and Shane Lowry. Um, that shows you the type of players that tend to play well. But um, anyway, in terms of the in terms of the the correlations for um, well potential correlations for Yas Links as well, we don't really know how Yas Links will play out yet. But just going off some for the course designer links, uh, Dundonald links for the the 2017 Scottish Open, the Bernardus Golf for last year's Dutch Open. I've also put, I've also put because it is a type of linksy track that come uh, that can get very windy, uh, and is well, it's in Scotland actually. It's the Renaissance Club. Uh, some of the guys for there tend to play well, uh, kind of correlate as well in that in that sense. I've also put the Old Man Open because it's supposed to be windy uh, right on the coast along with uh, Doha and Qatar. So there's maybe four, maybe five kind of correlations, if if that's your kind of thing to maybe look into. But I, I just think, um, I just think who, whoever's going to be the kind of best best kind of players on the day is just gonna it's gonna go well and it's just it's hard to gauge isn't it with the first tournament mm. of the season really but um you expect it to be an elite winner probably yeah i mean most of the say the elite players have played a couple of rounds already this year haven't they? they've had the tournament champions and the hero opening at the back end of the year so there's a few guys that have played a bit more than others but you're gonna have a few guys that have got some rust on you yeah, I mean, some players haven't played since either second Dubai event or just before that. So, 
Then you've got someone like Mimuli who's been playing in Australia. You've got Kanaya who's played on the PJ Tour last week as as a half-time league. And how jet lagged are they going to be from flying to Hawaii to Dubai? But twenty-seven hour flight for them, and so everyone else pretty much hasn't played yet this year. I mean. I mean, fair play to him, and, and uh, yeah, shout, shout out to Hai Tong Lee, who's, who I thought was, was brilliant to see him do well last week, uh, especially stateside. I thought he played very well last week. Mm. Yeah, he did. I say, I almost took him this week at his price, which is a very good price, but I say, jet lag for me. I think he's, uh, he's going to struggle to even get a practice round in. <laughs> yeah, could could do could do um, as well as Takubi Kanaya as well, who could be. Well, did he miss the cut last week? I think he might have. He did, yeah. Yeah, so he might have got over a bit early, but you never know. So, in regards to the market, so um, where <clears throat> Colin Morikawa. Is the seven to one joint favourite along with Ori McElroy? I know you're on McElroy, so I'll let you go into him in a minute. But um, and so Morikawa McElroy at seven to one, Victor Hovland at ten to one. Now uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood and Terrell Hart and uh, twenty-two to one and twenty-five to one. Um, I'll let you start with all the McElroy, but out with McElroy, is there anybody else uh, who would kind of fancy you in that kind of range? Uh, um, you would fancy in that kind of range. So I'm on Rory and Tommy Fleetwood this week. The other guys, I sort of stayed away from really just off. I don't know. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood, I'll go for in a minute, but I say I'll, I'll start with Rory, just why I've taken him this week, even at a, a very ultra low even boosted price of seven to one <laughs> but i have doubled up my stakes on him this week so hopefully i'll get something half decent back um you just have to look at his last 18 appearances between this event and the dubai desert classic where he's only missed one cut and then in the other 17 he's done he's finished no worse than 11th so he's got three seconds and three thirds so the guy clearly loves this time of year for playing golf he um is known for being a Middle East specialist, you could say. There's plenty of top performances over here. He's won the Open so he can play on links courses. Everyone knows how, at the end of the day, it's, it's Roy McIlroy, isn't it? Um, could say he had a bad year last year. He still won twice and had seven top tens. So by by his standards, maybe not great because none of them, them wins came in majors, but for uh, a world-ranked 50 golfer, maybe that would be an outstanding year. So. And then say so I've, I've I've had to take him this week just off his his a uh, his desert form because it's it's just ridiculous. So say so seven to one, very very short price even for me. It's the lowest I've ever tipped. So let's see how it goes. And then Tommy Fleetwood again, the tournament that we're playing this week. He's won it twice, albeit a different course, and then he's had plenty of top fives to go with that. Plenty of top fives in um, the Dunhill Lynx tournament. So, again, another player that clearly loves Lynx and clearly loves the Middle East. So, if you combine them both, it almost seems like the perfect fit for him this week. Um, again, no one knows quite how this course will play unless you actually played the course. 
um, but at 22 to one for his um, his Middle East form, his links form, I sort of couldn't really say no to him. And then just somewhat to go with for him is consistency over the last five years for his greens and regulation is insane, really. It's for the last five years, he's been no lower than fifth in the greens and regulation stats, which is as low as 72% of greens and regulation hit on the European tour, which is unreal, really. Um, so hopefully he can keep that up this week and he has a good week for me. So yeah, was Tommy Fleetwood at 22s, man. This is the second pick for me already. We only had five golfers. <laughs> does, <clears throat> genuine question, does the fact that Fleetwood is approaching three years without a win, does that kind of uh, worry you a little bit? Um, not really. I mean, he's still... He's still ranked 40th in the world. Um, he's had plenty of top 10s. He's had, he had six top 10s last year. He had five the year before. So he's still contending each week. He's only missed six cuts in the last two years. Um, I mean, two years without a win, it can be seen as people losing away a little bit. But he's had, he's had more than enough top 10s to show he's still got the, the capability of getting it done for me. I say he's coming back to familiar grounds. It's only a few few miles down the road from a place where he's won twice before and done well on other tournaments. So let's see how it goes this week, mate. Uh, any thoughts on Morikawa being seven to one favourite? I mean, obviously, obviously, um, the last time we were in Dubai, he was winning the DP World Tour Championship finals. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I would I'd sort of going back on myself really. I mean, I wouldn't take him at that number, but I've taught Rory exactly the same number, but he's had more success here. So, again, you've sort of got to go back to the meltdown the end of the week as well, where he squandered his lead, didn't he? So, that's sort of it's still in the back of my mind a little bit with Colin at that price. Okay, man. Uh, I just thought, j- j- just thought. Obviously, it's probably, probably going to be the kind of price range you've got to get Morikawa these days, along with well, oh, yeah, um, sure. out, out with the majors, especially. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my first guy is actually at twenty. Well, I've got him at twenty-two to one. Uh, this week, uh, who are quite fancy is Shane Lowry. Um. When it comes to Shano, he tends, I think he ten, tends to play much better when he comes back over here uh, on the on the European Tour side of things rather than the PGA. Um, his kind of last few, his last few starts on the DP World Tour have been tied ninth at the DP World Tour Championship final uh, in November, tied fourth at. The Alfred Dunhill links. Obviously, Kings Barnes is a part of that rotation system uh, over that weekend. So he's got so he's got a good thing. He's a, a good feel for that course. Tie seventeenth at Wentworth. Uh, and yeah, so that that's uh, that's three top twenties in his last three starts over on the European tour side of things. 
Um, he's obviously he's a winner of the he's a winner of this event in 2019 um, where he beat Richard Sterney, um, albeit at albeit along the road a different course but what I actually seen about out with that win at the Abu Dhabi is that he's actually had three missed cuts Um, missed the cut last year missed the cut in 2020 and missed the cut in 2018 so that may be a little bit of a worry especially at kind of 22 to 1 range um, but out with the Abu Dhabi, he actually generally plays quite well in 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 the desert. Well, in the in the Dubai uh, the Dubai swings, tie twenty seventh, tie twenty seventh, and uh, tied eleventh in his last two starts at the Dubai Desert Classic. So he can play well here. He is really he is. Still a top grade player, and uh, yeah, I just think I, I I just think he he's actually he's playing well enough to contend here in a, a a high caliber event, and obviously he's a former Open champion, so he's accustomed to playing in the league style courses. Yeah, I mean, he's done the links was fourth as well, and his ninth in his last start, so no, you can't grumble at that for me. Yeah, like I say, former Open champion. Um, obviously annihilated, uh, annihilated Fleetwood that time on the links at uh, Royal Port Ross. So uh, he's he's a good wind player too. So that uh, if it gets really windy, which has been forecast, I mean that's got to suit mm. Shane Lowry. I would say. Yeah, I mean you can almost wipe quite a lot of people out if the wind is going to get up so some of them don't cope too well in the wind yeah but with other players that, that don't really like playing in really gusty winds mm. i'd imagine shane Lowry's the type that absolutely thrives on it ah definitely so yeah uh 22 to 1 i think is a fair price considering considering the type of form he's shown back in europe and uh he always tends to he always tends to get off to a hot start in Europe. So yeah, I'm I'm kinda of happy with that this week. Any any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on Tyrrell Hatton obviously defending champion this week? Uh, Minbu Lee, who's obviously in good form. Adam Scott make, Adam Scott makes his way over and Robert McIntyre who who makes his first start since changing to Nike uh, to Nike Golf. Yeah, I mean if I was to pick any of them, it would probably be Minwoo, just because of his say his form towards the end of last year on the DP was pretty good to say the least. Um, he's not had the best of starts. In Australia, I mean, I say that he was um, didn't have the best of starts to the tournament. I was, was quite far back after the first round, but he did come fourth in the end. But say the 16th or fourth and eighth in the second on the DP. Previous to that, out of all of them guys you just mentioned, I'd be picking him. I think, but he didn't quite make my cut this week. Obviously, one he won at the Renaissance Club last year mm. as well. 
if, if you want to put that kind of correlation mm. link, link, say kind of test oh. uh, right by the water that that uh, is always wind wind dependent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so McIntyre obviously changing tonight golf. Do you think that could suit him for the better? Then he could possibly become a a better player. Um, I don't think it'll bother him to be honest. I mean, some people sort of it might bother, but I just I sort of feel like Bob doesn't really care who sponsors him really, what he claims he has to wear, does he? So. It's not the type of guy I don't think that it will bother him at all. I think he'll just get on with his golf really, mate. Uh, he he certainly struggled towards the end of last year, McIntyre. Do you think um, do you think mm. there's just a, a a a brief blip and he'd definitely be back? He does play well uh, in the desert. Yeah, I mean he had quite a lot of miscuts doing it towards the back end, but he did finish with a fourth in the last event of the year, so that might have been signs of a turning point for him, maybe. Um, I say you just have to see what he's been working on over the Christmas break, and then see if he comes out firing at the start of the year. Yeah, as I say, he does tend to play well in the desert, doesn't mm. he? So. Yeah, I think he was third at the Desert Classic last year. Uh, well, your next one's at uh, thirty-three to one. Uh, yes. Take it away. Yeah, so we've got Ben Beesberger at thirty-three to one. Um, so he's obviously had his rider cup appearance that he's been so desperate for now so he can play the rest of his career saying he's played in the rider cup so there's going to be no more pressure you want the thought behind him from the media now saying he's never going to play in the rider cup he's not good enough kind of thing he's, he's done it now so that's sort of the monkey's off his back he's free to play again now so um he put on his socials the other day he's yeah, got a, his 12th hole in one of his career the other day when he's playing use light in the practice round so that should uh you'd have thought going into this week um, his form in the desert is also not to be stiffed at he's come second at the fire course at the Aviv championship sixth at the Dubai Desert Classic um, and his last two appearances at this event he's come 25th and 8th so 33 to 1 Bernd Wiesberger is my third pick this week Nice I always feel he's due he's due another Rolex Series event win, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I backed him at the final event of the year and he come dead last, but his, his final round was pretty good. But you say his first three rounds weren't amazing, but like you say, he's he's got to be due a good Rolex win soon. So let's hope it's this week at 33, because that'd be a, a nice win. Not fair enough. Um, my next one's also at 33 to 1, 35 in other places. Um, it's a guy I've, o- I've often loved to ridicule in the past, but I can't seem to ridicule him anymore. It's um, Thomas Peters. <sighs> He's an enigma, isn't he, Thomas Peters? Um, he's definitely a character. Obviously, I've laughed and joked in the past about him, Breaking five clubs, breaking fl- <laughs> uh, five five clubs along the way. But um, now he's just play- He's been playing ultra consistent, especially since the kind of uh, the kind of birth of his uh, baby daughter um, at, at last year. He played twenty two times last year, according to 
OWGR website uh, and only missed four cuts in 22 events last year. So it shows you how consistent he was playing. Um, <clears throat> he on his on his second on his second last start last year, he obviously won in Portugal. Uh, his first his first win, and I believe it was was it five years or something. Um, I think he won in twenty nineteen. Won the Czech Masters in twenty nineteen, didn't he? But before that. Uh, Oh, oh no, sorry. No, I'm thinking it's his fifth tour title. Sorry, I'm getting my stuff. Right. No, it's his fifth tour title. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean it's a five tour, uh, f- five time um, DP DP World Tour winner now, um, which is obviously pretty impressive. He won in his second last start in Portugal. He had a whole host of top tens, uh, top twenties last year. Ultra consistent. He had a top. He had a t- he had a tied ninth finish at the Dutch Open at the Kyle Phillips Bernardis course. So that that that's one tick in his box. Um, he's played he's played well in Oman before. He finished thirteenth at last year's uh, Qatar Masters uh, in very windy conditions. So we know he can kind of get accustomed to that kind of weather. Uh, and his Abu Dhabi record in general over the past five years is pretty impressive. With uh, with f- four made cut, uh, only one missed cut in his last five starts. Um, <clears throat> he's kind of his last. Sorry, his, his last five results are uh, t- tied forty first last year, tied thirtieth, tied sixteenth, tied fifth, and missed cut. So. He's had that type type of finish uh, in twenty eighteen. Um, I just think, I just think with the win that came last season, it was coming, and uh, he's he's definitely got the potential to continue that form he showed last season and kick on. So no reason why he can't go well this week. No, I didn't actually realize how good of a finish he had. To like. Finishes wild last year for like top 20s as those. Yeah, I mean, only four miscuts. Mm. Yeah, four miscuts is solid enough. Only four miscuts in uh, 22 events. That's pretty impressive stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely a player back on the up. He's now up to world number 69 after being in the 100s mm. um, before that win at the Portugal Masters. So, yeah. He's definitely yeah. play, he's definitely playing better, and uh, he's 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 one of the he's one of the better ball strikers in the game, and uh, yeah, he's as I say, he's a five-time tour winner, so we know he can get the job done if push comes to shove. So yeah, I'm happy with Peters this week. Mm. Yeah, as I say, he's got twelve top twenties and twenty-two starts, so that's pretty good. Fifty-one's uh, your next one. Uh, you wanna before we go on him? It is as is the whole of Twitter by the looks of it. So everyone's on Nikolai Hodegaard, fifty to one. Um, so he got his first win last year. So he's got his what would be you could say a monkey off his back, but he's been on fire at the minute. Um, his last two finishes of the year, he finished second and fourth at the Portugal Masters and the DP World Tour final. Um, so say he's coming in 
one of the hotter guys if you want to take kind of last year's form say there still might be some rust from christmas but you're going to last last year's end of the year he's one of the best players currently form wise um so he started the year before 523rd in the world he's now 88th which when you look into his stats and what he's improved on year on year he's actually improved his greens in regulation by nearly 10 percent from 2020 to 2021 he was averaging 62 percent of greens in 2020 and last year he was averaging 71.5 so for someone to average 10 percent more greens in regulation per round is going to be a you're going to have a heck of a lot lower scoring just because the amount of putts you're going to have for birdies compared to the year before um everyone knows he hits the ball a mile he's like third or fourth best in the um driving distance ranking and I say at 50 to 1 for the form he's in, everyone's sort of building a bit of a hype for him and Rasmus Hartley for the Ryder Cup. So I think quite a lot of people have got a hoping for big things from the two of them really this year. Um, so I'm, I'm one of them. I'm hoping he, he cracks on and cracks the top 50 maybe this year, but we'll see how it goes. So say 50 to 1. Myself and the, the whole of Twitter seem to be on him this week, so we'll see how he goes. Might be getting the old uh, the Twitter curse though that we're accustomed to. <laughs> the old must cut. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can see why. Uh, it's obviously his, his form over the past couple of seasons has been uh, fantastic. So. Yeah, we're just missing the win, wasn't it? Which he's got now, so let's hope it fills him with confidence. And so it seems to have with his second and fourth and his last two starts. So we'll see how he goes at the start of this year. Uh, just, a, j- just a few to mention before the kind of 80 range. Um, <clears throat> with it being a slightly longer course, we've got the likes of Dean Burmester, Sam Horsfield, uh, Laurie Cantor. In, in this kind of 50 to 1 to kind of 70 to 1 range. Um, I think the, the longer guys can go well. I think I think Dino will have a good week. They'll say I was torn between him and Raz, in, uh, Nikolai, sorry, at the 50 range. Um, Nikolai just got the nod ahead of Dean, so Dean was one of the last ones off my list this week. Um, but, say, Horsfield never seems to get four rounds together. I mean, he, he, he normally starts with around the 60s and he'll go and blow it with around in the 70s so not for me for, for Horsefield and I say I'm Kant as a guy I say me and Jamie were talking earlier about we've got our eyes on a few people that we're just going to see how they go on for a few weeks before we start putting them in but Laurie Kant was one of them for me just going to see how it goes for now so he had a good year last year he's just um, he's just he's just missing the win isn't he? Just, uh, I think once he gets a win he's going to be um, a few will come in, in one go kind of thing Yeah, I mean, he's as you as you alluded to, he's just missing that one. Uh, but how many hits can he take before um, before he start to doubt whether he can actually get that first one? All right. Well, we'll see this year, won't we? We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, de- de- definitely, de- definitely capable of getting a one for sure. Um, Especially, especially with his off the tee game, 
and his approach his approach play uh, towards the end of the season was getting much better. So yeah, maybe keep an eye on, an eye on Laurie Carter. But um, yeah, for me, probably have to agree with Dino. Um, definitely, definitely showed signs last year uh, that he was coming into his best stuff and. Um, would it be surprised if he wins again this year, really, at any mm. point? Yeah, so he's, I put him in my uh, one of my guys to watch this year because I think if he's a high enough number at the Open, I think he's going to go well this year at the Open. Oh, nice. Nice enough, man. Um, yes, yeah, so my, my next one's at 80-1, to 1, which I feel is actually... Really good value considering uh, considering the caliber of player we're getting. Um, it is Rafael Cabrera Bello. Um, I've I, I said previously to you and Jamie, I'm not actually a very big backer of Rafael uh, Rafa Cabrera Bello, but there's just something about um, especially in this part of the world that. He's he's just become a kind of machine in the desert. Um, he tends to start off very well, especially especially back in the desert and you and the European uh, side of things. And that kind of translates into his last five starts here, uh, which have been tied four, tied twelve, tied eleventh, tied fortieth, and tied nineteenth. So we've got. So we've got one top 10 finish and four top 25 finishes in Abu Dhabi in his last five five trips here. So that's a very good starter guide to the kind of, uh, to the type of guy that just kind of loves, loves the, loves the place of Abu Dhabi. Uh, he also won the, he also won at Dun Donald Links, which hosted the 2017 Scottish Open. Um, yeah, he won there, which is obviously a Kyle Phillips track. Um, I just think, although he's a very, very, very streaky player, um, and they had struggled for two years, especially on the PGA Tour side of things, I think. I think the win at the Open de España last year where he beat uh, Adrianus in a playoff and then followed up with a tie 25th of Valderrama. Um, I think I think he's certainly capable of turning things in the right direction after what's been a tricky few years for uh, Rafa. And... Um, yeah, especially with his form in the desert, I just think eighty to one for a guy of his quality um, is a very big number. And yeah, I, I feel like I had to be on Raphael this week. Yeah, I mean, you can't grumble at that number, can you, for Rafa? It's. I just think his desert form is unbelievable. The only thing that's missing is the win, obviously. Mm. Um, but as I say, he's 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 a proven winner. Um, and especially towards the end of the season, he was he was starting to find some something near his best. So um, obviously winning. 
winning in Spain. So I just think I just think it's a pretty pretty big number to be honest. Um, and I expected them to be about maybe about fifty to one in the market, mm. maybe about that range. So it was a kind of kind of surprising to see them in the eighty to one, ninety to one range in some places. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it could possibly be in the right category. I mean, is with like the likes of Thomas Detry, Garrett Fidel, John Kaplan, Rosner, those sort of guys, I would say, uh, I don't know, you could almost say ability is very similar in that sort of region. Um, but like you say, 80 to 1 for, for Rafa is always going to be a high number. Yeah, I think, I think he could prove... Uh, slightly popular as well given his um, form in the desert a mm. uh, few other guys that go well in the desert uh, we've all, obviously we've got Victor Perez um, he, he seems quite a big number would it be for me but uh, was Perez on your mind at all? No no, not for me Whenever, literally whenever I back Perez he normally misses the cut so I tend not to back him because I don't think I've ever had a good week when I've been on him. <laughs> so it's just, okay, it's just, it's just, okay. it's just one of them that's on my no, no go radar unless like I really fancy him. But it's, it's got, there's got to be a lot of other people that I don't fancy that week. But so not for me. I'm <laughs> I mean, I mean, he won the Dunhill Links in mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, one tick in his box. I mean, yeah. So he's got he's got links. He's got he's definitely got the ability for the links courses. But I say it's it's, uh, it's not for, not for me. He's he's not really one I, I really I'm really keen on but back in majority of the time either Victor Perez. I don't know why, but um yeah, it's a strange one. But uh, we we've also got We've also got Arnos that plays well in the desert. Um, Garrett Kego, 80 to 1. That seems pretty big considering how well he plays in the European Tour. Danny Willett, I mean, it's a Rolex Series event, 80 to 1. Yeah, well, you won't be surprised if he's rolled up on one, would you, really? For, for Danny, say, with his Rolex form. Uh, and Antoine Rosner. Obviously, one in Qatar last year, one in Dubai um, just before that, uh, late 2020. His two wins have come in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, like you say, there's, there's, there's plenty of people in that range that you'd be more than happy to have an each way bet on one year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, Rosner was on the list. Um, I just kind of fancied Rafa just ahead of him, but if Rosner goes well and finishes at like I don't know top five, top ten, I could kick myself for that. But mm. he could very much go well, um, especially with two wins coming in in the desert. Um, mm. He could turn it on whenever he wants, really. Rosner is that the type of player. No. Uh, what one last one before going to the triple figures? John Catlin, <laughs> my go-to man. Um, he was very close this week. His form, say, it sort of went off a little bit towards 
the middle of last year, but he got it back quite a bit with so he come ninth in the world tour, um, the world tour finals, and then he also had a tenth in Thailand as well. So he finished the year well, sort of had a, a rocky patch in the middle, and did get me eighty to one winner in Austria. So, <laughs> but yeah, not not for me this week, unfortunately. Maybe next week. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm really surprised. Um, he probably definitely was my most back last year by a mile. I must have had him a good 10 plus times, probably. I'm really surprised you haven't backed him to be honest, just knowing you. <laughs> I know. I say maybe next week, see how it is this week first. Hopefully, hopefully, it misses a cut and you might be like 100 to uh, 1 next might year. Get, might get three figures on them, then I'll definitely have them. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, I've got a guy here at 110 to 1. Um, again, not not a guy I, I frequently back. Um, he's actually he's actually slid quite a fair bit since the start of 2021. Uh, at the start of 2021, last year's Abu Dhabi, he was 118th in the world. He's now down to 304th after the Joburg Open. It's uh, Roman Langask. Um, it's I know, I know it's evident that um, he has been dropping in the rankings and he has he, he is a very very streaky player um, he's he missed 11 cuts last last year and 27 events played that's not the greatest in all honesty um, but what I seem what, what, what I seem to like about Langask, especially the past the past five five events that he was playing, was that he was his approach play was was um, was starting to get really really solid. Um, he's just pretty awful with the putter, but um, if he gives himself quite a few opportunities with his improving iron play. Um, He's he's definitely got a chance of um, maybe even maybe even for a top twenty bet or something like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's definitely got a chance of finishing up there. He was sixteenth sixteenth last year at the Abu Dhabi, um, which is which is quite nice in all honesty, considering um, considering obviously the drop off now. That it is, it is good to see that he has had a top twenty finish uh, here. He was tied thirty fourth the year before that. Um, so no miscut in his last two visits to Abu Dhabi is is uh, quite refreshing to see. Obviously, he's a one time winner, and that win coming at Celtic Manor. Um, in the middle of 2020, when the scores was it the winning score was minus eight that week, was it? But I've missed that card a lot. I think two seven, yeah, it looks roughly around that, so it's two seven six total score. 
what what I can remember for that week was uh, was was Soderberg putting it in the water not once but twice. Yeah, seventy four final round. <laughs> but uh, no, like um, especially on the t- uh, if if the course gets tough at all with the wind and stuff, um, he, he has got a win. At, uh, I believe it was the under, so he can play tough courses well. Um, I'm just really gambling, to be honest, on on his uh, on his improving iron play from last year. Um, still holding up, and um, yeah, I felt it was a pretty big number. I mean, 110 to one at uh, Ladbrokes is probably one of the one of the more Shitter prices out there, considering you can get one two five and one fifty. Mm. But I mean, I, I was just using my Ladbrokes account really this week. But <laughs> but uh, I, I still think hundred ten, especially for a guy that is slightly improving with recent performances, uh, it could be a good price and hopefully it can mm. go well this week. Yeah. So if only other sky better can't make you have hundred and fifty. Oh fucking hell! Um, you, you are a you've backed Langask in the past, haven't you? I have years. I backed him in. I didn't back him last year. I backed him a year before. I don't know what event it was, but I've definitely had him before. He's never done too well. For me. I think it was a couple of weeks after the Kerry Manor win that I picked him. He was pretty low. I think he was about thirty or forty to one. But yeah, good player, good player. Can't, can't moan his current form. So he's made his last five cuts in a row, so why not at 110, mate? Yeah. Especially if the eight places as well that Ladbrokes are doing. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean that's another thing. Eight places, um, tie 16th last year. He could easily improve on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you've got one of the Challenge Tour graduates at 150 to 1. Um, if, so, if, sorry, sorry. before you go into that, if if people don't know about him already, if you just want to quickly give an overview into into what you like about this guy that has come up from the Challenge Tour. So, Frederick Lacroix is 150 to 1 this week. Challenge Tour grad, as Craig's just said, um, so his form to end last year was incredible. So he didn't have the best of years. He wasn't really in the the uh, what would you call it the, um, the the numbers to make. So you get the card basically. He was he wasn't he wasn't going to get a card. He was just going to play on the challenge tour next year until he like sort of caught fire at the end of the year. He went second, fourth, twenty eighth, fifth, and second to get his um, tour card. So. He's not got that win, but his let's say is one of the on-form players from the Challenge Tour. You've got other guys such as um, Helen Kild, which I was quite surprised was 200 to one this week with some people, which I thought was a huge number. I didn't see that number when I was first in right because he could well have been in there. But let's say you've got would, other guys. Would that uh, would that not be maybe just an over exaggeration because he missed the cut in South Africa? Possibly, I think he re- I think he retired in South Africa because I was on him that week because of the, all the COVID stuff. So he was, oh, actually one, of, yeah. he was one of the first people to uh, call it quits and fly home. I think 
Um, but no, Paddy Power have them at 200 on, on their side. But as I say, we've gone with Lacroix, who he was the, um, he finished fifth at Joburg after the, the shortened event, but I was, I was watching it and I was pretty sure he was going to be up there or thereabouts to win him because he was playing incredible. He, um, he was he was hit eighty percent of his greens. He bombs it a mile. Is it in three twenty off the tee? He was top forty in putting. So statistically, he should have gone on to win that event. So, say on this tour debut, he definitely performed to the best that he could do, and should have probably even won the event if they'd done a full event. So, say I think he will be one of the tour guys that will get a win this year. Um, it might not be this week, but say. 150 to 18 places. I'm more than happy to give it a ride this week, just to see how stronger field than what the Joburg Open was. No, fair enough, man. Um, I followed the followed the Challenge Tour. Um, probably more the second half of the season. I did see his name crop up quite a fair bit, and I'm not gonna lie, I don't know an awful lot about Lacroix, but um, it certainly looks like it could be a capable player. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So Julian Bruns probably the one most people will be accustomed to. He won a few times on the tour last year, but I say he's one of the six tour grads playing this week anyway. So let's see how he goes. Yeah, I mean, could very well be the Cali Samoya of last year. <laughs> you never know. Let's hope so, mate. Um, my, my, my last my last one's at the uh, 200 to 1 uh, I feel it could be a little bit um, what's the word I'm trying to say sorry I'm, try, I'm trying to think of something I can't think of the top of my fuck's sake uh, yeah no I, I, I feel like it could be uh, quite good value if he can uh, if he can get really firing it's um at 200 to 1, I was quite surprised to see him not that far back. Uh, it's Christopher Broberg. Uh, I don't, don't know what your thoughts are on Christopher Broberg. Obviously, he's he, he come back to form last year after a pretty horrendous six years out injured. Um, he had that emotional victory at the Dutch Open at Bernardus Golf last year, so so that that um that's one of the reasons why I thought two hundred to one could be quite a good price. He, he has the he has the two good finishes at the <clears throat> at the course designers correlation. So first at the Dutch Open, he was tied ninth at, at the Dunhill Links the week after that as well. So he's played on Kings Barnes. Uh, so there's two top tens there. Finished tie 16th last year in Abu Dhabi, um, when not at his very best, when still trying to find his feet after all his inter- injury troubles. So that's another positive. Um, he his his last kind of five events, we tied 51st at the Aviv Dubai. Uh, not great, but still missed, uh, still made the cut. Tied 12th at the Portugal Masters, miscut at Valderrama, miscut at the Open de España, 
tied ninth at the Dunhill Links, and that was the week after winning at the Dutch Open. So we've got we've got three top twenty finishes in there, um, which is quite good considering how much he struggled. And um, I think he's I think he's a very very good player, uh, Christopher Broberg. I think if I think if if Broberg can get himself a whole year maybe injury free, then there's no reason why he can't climb back into the top 100 in the world um, in the next couple of years. I believe he's that good a player. Yeah, I mean, just have to look at his last six starts, don't you? To know his his confidence is bad. So first and ninth and the twelfth in his last six is. So it's trending in the right direction, isn't it? So hopefully it carries on this year for him into this week. I mean, yeah, the the, the first at the Kyle Phillips design, Bernardus. I mean, that's that, that that shows you that he can play well on his type of courses, you know. So he could very well thrive uh, again on uh, on another on another one of these tracks. Uh, designed by Kyle Phillips so I just thought it was a very interesting number and um, yeah I mean the way he's playing every reason he could go well you never know so mm. um, th- this is a guy in t- 2015 that uh, that defeated uh, Patrick Reed for his first uh, first tour win so we know he can rise to the occasion Yeah, I mean, so uh, you get that with Lambrooks as well, so you got eight places on that. Yeah, eight places too. Nice. I just think I just think that could be that could be pretty good. You know, a, a quite speculative one, but it could be a good uh, good value bet. You never know. So. Yeah, definitely. Um. <clears throat> so that's 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 uh, that's the last. My picks. Um, is there anybody that that, that kind of miss, missed out for you? I mean, you mentioned Hightown Lee at the start of the show. Yeah, I say I, I did really want to take him, especially the numbers I was seeing when they were first posted. I think one forty. I saw him as big as, but I just, I just don't. I don't think he's going to get. Say he's got a good twenty-seven hours travel day. I don't think he's going to get a look in at the course before the competition starts. He's almost going to be playing it blind the first day so I don't know if it might work in his favour but no there's no I say there's there's loads of the bigger number of guys like a few of the so there's all of the challenge tour grants that are all nearly 200 to 1 plus nearly all of them are so interesting how they all do this week and then Daniel Gavin's at 350 was another one that was just off my list but didn't quite make it this week so, so we'll see how they game Interesting. You can get Freddie Lacroix at two hundred to one eight places uh, with Willie Hill. Nice, nice that. Yeah, yeah. The one I mean, if you've got a Hills account, I mean, why not just double mm. up on it? You never know. Mm. Um, there's there's a couple that that kind of missed out for me that um 
that I feel could possibly do well. Um, I say could, you never know. Anybody could turn up, really. Mm, we yeah, know that exactly. already. But, uh, but like in, in the triple figures range, um, the first one with the wind and stuff uh, that, that I had on the list, Ryan Fox, at 150 to 1. Seems pretty pretty big value for uh, for for a guy that plays uh, quite quite well in the wind. Mm, yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, he's a bomber as well, so this the, the, this type of length should kind of suit his game too. Um, it's just a putter with Fox that gives me nightmares, um, especially when I've been on him in the past. Watching yeah, him putt is horrific. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on Fox, but it's uncomfortable to watch him. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't think I ever have, if I'm honest. Mainly and because the last of that reason. One, and the last one um, that I thought was pretty big, to be honest, um, I've I seen on social media that he's been making improvements and stuff. Um, it's Jules Lauten. Um, in the kind of 150 to 200 range, I thought that, that could be pretty big. Mm. I, I've seen that he's making improvements to his game. This guy's a winner. Um, he's he's obviously he won the old man open, uh, which uh, which is a kind of correlation due to the wind. He's played well in Qatar before too. Um, he's he, I just, I, I just think he's a much better player than than in that kind of bracket range. Like some mm. of the players above him, no offense, uh, no offense to them, but a play, a, a proven winner like Jos Lauten shouldn't be far far down from some of the players that that's above him in the rankings. So uh, in the market, so that could be value. You never know. Yeah, yeah, sure. He he was my um, John Catlin of twenty eighteen. <laughs> I think I'd have him nearly every week. Oh, but uh, the, the, uh, you know what I mean, though. Mm. The, the, this guy, this guy's won multiple times on the European Tour, and he's in that kind of one fifty to two hundred range. Mm. I know, I know he's kind of struggled like a little bit over the past few years, but there were signs that he's making improvements in his game and. Um, you never know. It could, it could be a big year this for Yuslout and trying to climb back up the rankings. Yeah, definitely. So he's just on the cusp of 300 in the world at the minute. So you want to get back to I mean, where he was. I mean, I'm going to wait for the top 20 markets to come out and then maybe get a, a transatlantic a top 20 double, which I've done quite a few times last year. But mm. He could definitely be a candidate right there, Jos Lauten, uh, for the European side of things for a top 20, for sure. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that, no, there's just a few other names to kind of, uh, kind of name that just missed a cut. But, um, yeah, as I say, we're looking forward to this one um, with, the, with the European Tour starting again. Gives us something different to watch out with the shitty PGA, so... 
Um, so your so recap of your first picks of 2022 for the DP World Tour, please. So we've got Rory at seven to one, very short. Um, Tommy at 22. We've got Bernd Wiesberger at 33. And I've completely forgot who the other two were. <laughs> Frederick Lecroc at 150. Nicolai Hoyd. Nicolai Hoyd. Nicolai Hoyd. Yeah, Nicolai Hoyd. 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 You should you should put in like Google Translate or something, man. Yeah. We'll see we'll see what the correct, the correct pronunciation is. <laughs> we'll see what Ewan Murray calls him on Saturday or Thursday evening. Or Andrew Coulter. Yeah. Nah, he won't get showed, mate. He's not a big player. Yeah, he's always leading, mate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, five for me for the first event of uh, 2022 on the European Tour. So we've got. Shane Lowry, 22 to 1. Thomas Peters, 33 to 1. Rafael Cabrera Bello, uh, 80 to 1. Roman Langasque, 110 to 1. Although I'm kind of gutted, I didn't really go for 125 or maybe even 150, but so be it. And Christopher Broberg is my speculative punt of the week at 200 to 1. Nice. I mean, some some winners and well, some proven winners in there. So hopefully, mm. hopefully, first event of the season, first winner of the season, man. And uh, obviously, um, oh, I forgot, I forgot to say, obviously, because I wasn't on the last call, but it was nice to, it was nice to get a couple of uh, third place finishes last week. Louis mm. Dobbelar at fifty five to one and Seamus Power at forty five to one. It was a quick quite nice uh, week for the pod last week yeah definitely hopefully we'll add to it this week uh, dry start mate it's not like you I know mate I know I had a winner by time last year yeah you had, you had about five <laughs> oh after this week I had three so had two sorry so yeah we'll see hopefully we get the first one this week <laughs> so it's one of the hardest spots yeah right on, guys so. <laughs> Right, guys, um, that, that, that's our Abu Dhabi um, HSBC preview uh, over in Dunworth. If you enjoyed that, let us know and uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at ChasingPars on the slash pod. Um, looking forward, well, my responsibility for the season would be all the DP World Tour events uh, coming up this season, which obviously I look forward to every year, so I look forward to bringing you more of the DP World Tour side of things uh, in the the weeks and the months to come. But uh, until then, let's get a win. And uh, yeah, all the best, Ryan. Cheers for joining me. Yeah, uh, catch you soon, mate. All the best. See ya. Bye. Bye.